Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in two locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Hey, Revo, my name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks for crashing the party this morning and worshiping with us on the Sunday uh, after Christmas. Uh, if you were here at the Christmas Eve service, it was great. Uh, let, me, let me tell you what you guys uh, did. There were more people there that didn't go to Revo, I think, than actually did go to Revo. You guys invited like crazy. I was like, whose church is this? Like, who are you people? Where did you come from? Uh, so we got to teach about Jesus and celebrate and sing about Jesus. Just a little time to kind of refocus uh, during a busy holiday season about what this season is really all about. So thanks for inviting your neighbors and your friends, uh, who knows what God is going to do uh, with, that, with that gospel message, with that story of Jesus in people's hearts uh, as they were able to hear that, maybe even for the first time. Uh, man, I'm just excited about what, what God has in store next. I hope you had a great Christmas. Looking forward to uh, 2016 uh, together. But uh, let, me, let me tell you something special that, that we do every year as a family. My family loves to go to the fair, uh, the Dixie Classic Fair. We like to eat the fried foods. We like to ride the sketchy rides. Um, but the most important, the most uh, fun that we have at the fair as a family is seeing the animals. All right, so I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina, the concrete jungle. I'd never seen an animal that wasn't a dog. Uh, so like a chicken for me is like, this is crazy. And they got pigs and horses and sheep and like all kind of different animals. Uh, but maybe our favorite part of the, of the animal exhibit uh, is quite possibly the greatest business plan that I have ever seen. Uh, here's how it is. Um, you, you go up to this, this cage, this building that has a cage in it that is filled with animals, uh, llamas, sheep, goats, uh, all kind of different farm animals. And here's what you do. You, you go up to the shepherd, the, the owner of the animals, and you buy from them a small bag of carrots at an exuberant price. Then you walk into the exhibit and you feed their animals the food that you bought from them. Is that, why did I not think of that? Is that not the greatest business plan ever? You are paying them to feed their own animals. What if I came up to you and said, hey, you know, if you gave me $10, I'll let you feed my kids for me. That's, in essence, what we're doing. And there's a long line to buy these carrots to feed someone else's animals. You are paying to feed someone else's animals. And every time I cash that money out, I'm like, why did I not think of this? This is, this is great. This is an incredible business plan. But here's what I know about sheep uh, and, and, and wildlife, if that's what you want to call it, that I've been around at the fair. Um, sheep stink really, really bad. And sheep are notorious for being really dumb animals. Um, here's what I've heard about sheep. Like a sheep, they, they follow each other no matter where they go. I, I've heard that a sheep can, can run off a cliff or run down a hill and fall 
and all of the other sheep will follow that one sheep down the hill. Like that's, they're just following it because that's what one did. So if one jumps off the cliff, then, then all of them are going to jump off the cliff. I, I've heard that a sheep cannot even find uh, still water, calm water, and good grass to eat. Like if the shepherd doesn't lead the sheep to still waters and to green grass, then they'll starve to death. Or either they'll like go up to the, to the raging river and they'll step into it and they'll get swept in and all the other ones will jump in after them. Like it's just, that's how dumb they are. That's, they just, they, that's just a reputation that they have. And so when I read the Christmas story, I'm asking myself, why, why is it that shepherds and sheep play such a huge role in the Christmas story? I mean, they stink, they're dumb. Being a shepherd was not a glamorous job. That was for people that couldn't get a job anywhere else. And so like, why would God include that in the birth story? Like why, in the, in the, the greatest story ever told, why is it that shepherds and sheep are some of the first ones to hear this good news about the gospel. And so the more I started to read Luke chapter 2, which is the passage we're going to be at today, if you have your Bible, you can go there or flip to it in your app. The more I I spent time in Luke chapter 2, the more I realized something. You and I can learn a ton from the shepherd and these sheep. You and I can really figure out what worshiping Jesus looks like just from analyzing this portion, this simple character in the story, the very first ones to find out that Jesus has been born in Bethlehem. So let's read this, man. Let's let's read this with an open mind, knowing that we can learn something about worship from shepherds and sheep, despite how dumb and how much they stink. This is how the story goes, starting in verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So you guys are probably familiar with that story. We just celebrated Christmas. These angels started with just one angel coming to a group of shepherds. And then it, and it, it, it ended with thousands of angels singing this song uh, to God. And, and, and I want you to put yourself in the position of the shepherds. I think sometimes we read stories like that and we're like, yeah, I've heard that story before. The shepherds, the angel came down, they were watching their flocks. But like, really, like, let's not miss how crazy this story really is. Like if this happened today, it would be all over the news. So you are a shepherd. Put yourself in their shoes. You're a shepherd. You're sitting on the side of the hill. It's in the middle of the night, and you are watching sheep sleep. Hashtag boring job, okay? All of a sudden, Scripture says a bright light shone up, and it was an angel of the Lord, and it started talking to the shepherds. 
Like, don't, <laughs> don't miss that detail, okay? You're on the side of a hill like, okay, I'm going to put myself in that position. If I'm walking through a field in the middle of the night or I'm in the woods behind my house and all of a sudden a bright light shows up and starts to speak to me, like, I am, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to run. I'm going to, I am going to be scared to death. And here's the deal. I'm not even, I'm not just going to run. Like I am going to try to push you down so that that will give me some more time to get away. Like I'm not going to stop and say, huh, what is that? I I think I'm going to check it out. I think I'm going to stay and talk to it. If you've ever seen a horror movie, that's how you die. Okay. So like, I'm not going to do what these shepherds do. Like I am gone. I am running like a wild man and probably screaming the whole way, pushing you down to buy myself some more time. But obviously these shepherds were a little bit more manly than than, than I am, and they decided to stop and try to figure out what this light is. They, they decided, what, what, what is this person saying? What does this angel mean? And, and what, what is this message? He, he's saying we've got some good news coming our way, and that's the first thing that we can learn from the shepherds as it pertains to our worship of Jesus. The first thing is this, worship starts with good news. Worship starts with good news. This is what the the shepherds realized. They were told there's going to be a Savior that is born. There's a a Savior that is going to offer you forgiveness of your sins. That's good news. There's grace that is going to be given you. There's mercy that is extended your way. There's salvation available for you. A a Savior has been born. Not not just to you, shepherds, but Scripture says to, to all people. Like, guys, that's good news, man. That's good news. Like, no wonder they were fired up. If you're interested in some good news this morning, if if you need a little kickstarter to your worship, maybe you were sitting in here earlier and you just like couldn't get into it quite yet. Like you couldn't really raise your voice, couldn't sing, really didn't get into the clapping thing. Like, let, let me give you something that's gonna like give you a boost to your worship, and it's this. Like, there's some good news that we just celebrated. There's some good news that has been revealed to us, that a Savior has been born, that Jesus came to the earth to offer to us forgiveness of our sins. That's good news, man. That's something worth worshiping. That's something worth singing over. That's something worth lifting our voices over and clapping our hands and getting excited as we come into a room like that. If you're struggling and you're, you're kind of searching for a reason, like, do I have a real reason to worship? Like, is there really a real reason to come in here and get fired up? Is there a reason for me to try to sing this song and, and stand up and really get engaged in this worship? Have Absolutely, there, there's a reason, and it's, the reason is this, the good news of Jesus. The fact that there was a Savior born for you and I. That your sins were forgiven, that grace and mercy is extended to you, and that opportunity at salvation has presented itself to you. You don't have to die separated from God. You don't have to live a, a meaningless life because of this baby being born. See, these shepherds had a reason to worship. They were told some good news. You and I have a reason to worship this morning. I already told you what my response would have been if that good news would have been presented in that way. I would have run screaming uh, away, really scared. But let's let's look at, in in verse 15, we see how the shepherds actually responded to the good news. How did they respond when they found out that there was a Savior born 
to give them forgiveness of their sins. Verse 15 reads like this. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. The angels go away and they say, here's what we're going to do. We've got to go over to Bethlehem. We've got to go check this out, this Savior that offers this forgiveness of our sins. The second thing we can learn about worship from these stinky, smelly shepherd and sheep is this. Worship is a choice. Worship is a choice. You and I have a choice to worship. Every time you come in these doors on a Sunday morning, you're going to make a choice. You can come in and worship or you can just come in and do nothing. You can stand up and sing and engage and clap and, and, and worship the king, or you can just kind of stand motionless. During the message, we can open up the word and really ask God to speak to us and reveal the truth of the word to us and engage with it and kind of take notes and say, God, what are you trying to teach me? What, what can I learn from this and from your word and how great your son Jesus is? Or we can just kind of sit down and, and gaze off into the distance or count the ceiling tiles above or, or just, just kind of doze off and not do anything. You and I make a choice. Worship is a choice. The shepherds could have just sat there on the side of the hill and said, wow, we've got one crazy story to share when the first shift comes on and the third shift goes off. Like this, They're not even going to believe this. Or they could have chosen to stand up and make their way to Bethlehem to see what this Savior is all about. You and I have a choice every day when we come in here. We have a choice every day when we get up. You can either choose to worship or you can choose not. You can choose to worship Jesus, or you can choose to worship something else. But the shepherds let us know in verse 15 that worship for all of us is a choice. Worship is a choice. I hope this morning you'll choose to worship Jesus. I hope this morning you'll process the good news that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And we can worship together as a faith family. So I love that the shepherds actually chose Worship. The third thing we can learn about worship from the shepherds is this. Worship involves believing. All right. If you don't believe, then you'll never worship. Right? If you don't read the Bible and, and think, this is who God is, this is who Jesus is, this is what he's done for me, and I believe what this book says, then you'll never worship. Like If you don't believe that Jesus gave his life up for you, for your salvation, for your life, then you'll never worship. If you don't believe that God is a God that loves you and desires a relationship with you and wants to be with you and has a plan for your life, if you don't believe that, then you'll never worship. Like, I don't blame you for waking up and just wanting to live your life the way you want to live. I don't blame you for coming in here and just being disengaged and just sitting around and just kind of checking off the box. If you don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is, then you'll never worship. If you don't believe a song when it says that he paid our debt, that he offers us forgiveness, that he loves us, that he's jealous for us, that he desires this relationship with us, if you don't believe that, then you'll never worship. It'll never register with you. It'll never change your heart. But I love how the shepherds practice this idea of believing. See, the, the angels told the shepherds about an opportunity to go and to see a Savior. They said a Savior is being born just a few miles down the road, just a short walk that way. But here's the deal. The shepherds had to actually believe what the angels told them. 
The angels could have left and the shepherds could have been like, that was crazy, the bright lights, but I don't believe what they like. There's no, there's no Savior being born. There is no king. There, there's no reason to sing glory, glory, glory. There's, there's, I don't know what they were saying. I thought the light show was cool, and I don't know how that guy floated in the air and then had a thousand of his friends show up in the blink of an eye. But like, I like that part, but I don't know if I'm digging the message. I don't, I don't really know if I believe them when they say that there was a, a baby boy being born that would be the savior of the world. I just, I just, I don't know if I can connect those dots, but seriously, this is what happens. If you will believe what this book says, then it will change the way you worship. If you read what this says and think about who Jesus is, what he's done for you, how much he loves you, the opportunity that we have at grace and mercy and salvation through him. I mean, look, like, it's going to be easy to worship. <laughs> when you get good news like that, it's easy to respond and react. When you understand what God has done for you and who he is in the relationship that he desires with you, that will result in worship. Like You won't be able to contain it. The creator of the world loves you and desires a relationship with you. That's crazy. Like that, That's worth getting excited over. That's worth understanding and changing our worship. But that started when the shepherd said, all right, if this is who Jesus is, if that's what you said, then I'm going to choose to believe that. And when they believed that Jesus was who he says he was, it escorted them into this idea of what true worship really was. Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Do you believe that he's done those things for you? If you do, then it will result in your worship of him. It's just too good a news. It's just too good a news. Verse 16, they continue with the story. He says, And they went with haste, I love that, they ran, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. The fourth thing that we can learn is this. Worship involves obedience. This is another one of those sentences in, in Scripture that you can like read over and think, Oh, they, they found Mary and Joseph and they found baby Jesus lying in a manger. But like, do you understand how difficult it would have been to connect those two dots? Here, here's what happened. A king is being born. Now, where are kings born? Not in barns. Not, not in the parking lot behind the hotel that was sold out, no vacancy. They're not born in a manger. They're, they're not born in swaddling clothes to some random woman named Mary and some random dude named Joseph. No, kings are born in palaces, right? I mean, kings are born to kings and queens, right? I mean, unless there's a new five-star motel in Bethlehem called The Manger that, that I don't know about, like, maybe that's what the angel, he's been born in The Manger. Oh, the nice hotel in Bethlehem, let's go there. Do you understand how crazy it would have been for shepherds to say, we're going to the back parking lot to the shed where they store the weed eaters and the lawnmowers and the old gas cans and stuff to see a king that was born. A king. See, our worship involves obedience. When the angel told the shepherd that they were to go to a manger and see a king resting in swaddling clothes, born to a single mom named Mary and a guy named Joseph, do you understand how much obedience it would have taken for them to walk to that manger? You understand how ridiculous it would have been? I mean, like they're just talking to each other. We're going to see the king. And this is a bad neighborhood for a king to be born in. This is, 
unlike any king. Like, what king is this? Uh, what kingdom is he reigning over? This, this makes no sense. But here's, here's what happened. A simple act of obedience from the shepherds led to worship. Our worship of Jesus this morning stems from a simple act of obedience. Hearing the good news of the gospel, believing that that good news is true, letting it lead to obedience. God, if this is what you've called me to, if this is what worship looks like, if this is who Jesus is, then I'll be willing to take that next step in obedience to him. I'd be willing to move forward in this relationship with Jesus. One small step of obedience led the shepherds to an amazing night of worship. The first people to show up and worship Jesus. Another aspect of this obedience that I find really cool is they did not let worship boil down to an emotional experience. Let me, let me set the table for you. You're a shepherd. You're on the side of the hill doing a boring job. And all of a sudden an angel in all of its glory shows up in the middle of the sky. Then a thousand angels begin to sing. I mean, that's powerful, right? Can you imagine a thousand voices singing uh, the same song, like shining a light so bright, it's like unlike anything you've ever seen before. It would have been so easy for the shepherds, like when the lights went down and the angels left, it would have been so easy for the shepherds to be like, wow, now that is what I'm talking about. Like that, like I felt that. And, like I got chill bumps when that one angel started singing and hitting them high notes. Like I got chill bumps, man. That is worship. That is what I'm saying. Forget about the manger. Like, forget about, I just want to stay here. Like, I just, like, this is great. And sometimes for us, worship can be an emotional experience. When we come in here, the, the house lights are turned down, and, and the production team makes the lights up here look really good, and the sound is just perfect. And then, and then Zach, he starts to hit them high notes, and it's, it's, it's in your favorite song, man. Like, this is my jam. This is worship, and I just want to, I just want to, be here and I just want to soak it in and I just want to I just want to worship and it becomes about an emotional experience for you but I'm so glad that the shepherds when the lights turned back on and the the angels and the singing stopped I'm so glad that the shepherds stood up put their shoes on and walked in obedience to worship Eventually, we've got to leave here. The lights will be torn down. The seats will be put up, and you've got to go back home. You've got to go back to your job. You've got to go back to your kids and to your spouse and to whatever situation you find your life in. And I'm telling you guys, worship is not an emotional experience that we experience together on Sunday morning. It's a choice that we make every day. And eventually, you'll have to put your shoes on and leave this room and take your worship with you. And worship in every aspect of your life. I'm so glad the shepherds didn't just stand there with their eyes wide open, just their minds blown about that 100-part choir that just sang floating in the air with the angels and the lights. I'm so glad they said, I'm going to let this experience lead me to worship. A simple act of obedience. I love that the shepherds did that. Worship for us involves leaving here leaving a corporate experience and going out those doors and, and worshiping personally as well. Worshiping on an intimate level every day where we live, work, play, eat, and shop. It's exactly what the shepherds did. Now, another verse, verse 17, story keeps going. And when they saw it, when they saw this baby Jesus lying in a manger, they made known the saying 
that they had been told concerning this child. They told everybody what had happened. Worship for you and I, when we leave these doors, worship for you and I involves sharing the message, okay? Sharing the message is a part of worship. Here's what happens when you and I eat at a good restaurant. Uh, When we have a good experience and we eat a good meal and we paid a good price for it, you know what we do? We tell friends about it. Right? We post it on social media. We'll post food pics. Right? Some weird people in here will post pics of their food right, for everybody to look at. If that's you, stop. Okay? So we post that. We say, well, this is a great experience. You've got to try this new restaurant. It was a great price. This, the service was great. If you, if you have a store that you shop in and something's on sale, here's what I'll often do. If, if I know of somebody else that buys this product or uses this service, I'll call them and say, hey, you know that thing you like? It's on sale here. It's like buy one, get one free. You know that, that thing that you try? Hey, if you've never tried it before, now is a good time because it's at a really good price, right? Let's, let's stock up. I mean, good news by nature is shared, right? I mean, you don't, you don't find something out that's really good news and say, I'm not going to tell anybody, I'm just going to keep it to myself. Maybe your college football team is doing really good this year, and you're wearing your jersey, and you're, you're excited about it, and, and if they win their game, you're going to come and you're going to tell your friends about it, right? Did you see that game? We dominated, we won, not surprised, we're a really good team, right? Good news is just by nature, we share it, we want to tell people about it. Any good experience we have, any good product we have, we, we want to share it, and the gospel is no different. The shepherds heard this incredible message. They showed up, and there's a king in the manger. That's crazy. And what do they do? They left, and they told everybody. Say, hey, right around the corner, you want to check it out? I know it's in a dark parking lot in a shed, but just check it out. There's a baby that was born. It was a king. And let me tell you about this king. He's the savior of the world. Hey, man, did you hear that? Everybody come around. Everybody come in here right quick. I only want to say this one time. Like, I'm going to tell you my story. There's a king. He's a savior. He was just born. You need to go check him out. He's in a manger, and I don't even know to tell you about the thousand angels that I just heard, but we'll talk about that later. Go see the king. Check out Jesus. Think about what he's done for you. It's a savior that has been born. Part of our worship is sharing the message. You and I have heard some incredibly good news, and that entails us sharing that with others. When's the last time you took your worship to your job or to your home where you shared with people about what Jesus has done for you? When's the last time you engaged in a conversation with someone Asking him, did they hear the story about Jesus? Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know what he's done for you? All of that is an aspect of worship. Man, one of the ways maybe that you can worship this week is to live bold with someone in your life. To actually open up your mouth and tell them what you've seen and what you've heard. I love that was an aspect of the local church throughout the book of Acts. They would say, we cannot help but to speak about what we've seen and heard. Oh, I'm, I'm just telling you what I've seen. I'm just telling you what Jesus has done for me. That's how the church exploded in that first century. And it's the, the way that people in this city can understand who Jesus is and how much he loves them. So share the message. Worship is about sharing. The last one comes uh, from the last three verses of the passage. Verse 17 again. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told unto them. Here's the, 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 the obvious one. Worship always ends in a response. Worship 
always ends in a response. That's when we sing. That's when we raise our hands. That's when we clap. That's when we give. That's when we serve. That's when we put others in front of ourselves. That's when we give God the glory for what has happened. That's what we're doing. We're responding to this. I've been told some really good news, and so I'm going to respond to this. I'm going to share it. I'm going to tell it to other people. I'm going to engage with this gospel message, and that's, that's part of my worship. I love what it says that all who heard it were amazed. Not a single person that heard what Jesus had done, that he had been born, that a Savior was given, walked away and said, eh, no big deal. Uh, that doesn't really impress me at all. Every one of them that heard it was amazed at the story of what had happened. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, it says she contemplated it. She thought about it. She meditated on it. She thought, wow, God chose me to bring this little baby into the world. God orchestrated this plan in order to save the world, and I got to play a part in it. I don't know what your response in worship is this morning. Maybe you're like Mary, where you just sit there, and you just need to silently remind yourself, man, Think about how much God has done for me. Can you believe he sent his only son, Jesus? Can you believe that that, that manger led to a bloody cross where my sins were forgiven? Can you, can you believe how much God loves you? And like Mary, you, you think about those things and allow that message to, to refresh you and to wash over you again. Maybe you just stand in amazement. Maybe, maybe you need to be reminded of the gospel message this morning so that you can just sit back and say, wow, 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 that is good. Wow, that is awesome what Jesus did. I'm glad you reminded me of that. I'm glad that I was reminded of the story of how much Jesus loves me and what he's done for me. And it says all of the people were filled with awe and amazement. And then the, the last it comes full circle with the shepherds. The shepherds returned glorifying God, praising God for everything. Maybe our response in worship is in a few minutes when we sing another song. Maybe, maybe we just take a minute just to, to really respond in worship. And really just to sing out loud. Maybe just to, to respond in a way that glorifies and honors God. And shows how much we appreciate the sacrifice. Our response to his revelation is our worship. You can respond in a lot of different ways, but here's my challenge to you. Will you respond to the gospel message this morning? Man, maybe for you that looks like taking the first step and saying, hey, if that's who Jesus is and that's what he's done for me, I'm ready to believe. I'm ready to experience that personally, to accept that gift of salvation, the grace and the mercy that has been extended to me. Like I'm ready to believe in that and experience that worship for the, for the very first time. And maybe that for you is a Christian here is understanding, like just being reminded of that. Man, do you remember what God did for you? Do you remember how much he loves you? Do you remember the sacrifice? Do you remember what happened on that quiet, silent night when Jesus was born? Do you remember the story that God orchestrated together to offer you salvation, to offer you and I hope? That is what we're fired up about today. That is the good news of the gospel that is made available, as Scripture says, not just to the shepherds, not just to the people in that day, but to all people, the message of the gospel is available to you. I hope and pray that you'll respond today in worship, whether it's the first step or the next step in your relationship with Jesus.